This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North. I thought we were going to start it off because if you guys recall last week, we had the nice Polaroid conversation. I actually don't have any Polaroids, but either way, just one win before we die that we could catch on said Polaroid. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com, dabbling in this Vikings fandom naturally because Minnesota sports were always willing to get hurt for the good of our team. He's our favorite sports dad, Mr. Positivity on this Before I Die show, Purple Daily's favorite show, uh, Mr. Judd Zolgad. And over here, we've got Ross Brendel, the producer extraordinaire. Uh, Ross, why do you love the Minnesota Vikings so much? Jesse, because the pain lets me know that I'm still alive. And I'm here, back again on a Before I Die Monday. Before I Die Monday, where we're also talking about another Minnesota Vikings loss. Another winnable loss, Judd. It's a game that Minnesota had kept very interesting. I was ready to go golf nine, maybe golf 18. So I was like, I don't need to do this. I don't need to watch this game at all. Turns out I was wrong. It was good. Um, you know, Taylor Swift obviously opted not to come, which I'm sure Vikings and Swifty fans were reasonable about as well. Uh, in general, though, Judd, what do you think attributed to the loss? Is it that early fumble? Is it Cam Bynum? Is it poor management? Is it all of it? Why do the Minnesota Vikings continue to do this and upset us each and every week? Uh, because they have the, a magnificent ability, at least in 2023, to shoot themselves in the foot at nearly every turn, including the Josh o- Oliver catching 15-yard run in the first play from scrimmage, and then the fumble. Uh, yeah, it was just, look, I mean, football is a game where you're going to make mistakes, and I think at the end of the day, it's what which team makes fewer mistakes and which team plays a smart game. And the Vikings appear to be incapable, and I don't know why, of playing a smart game. So, like, we could blame, you know, the officiating. There were some close calls. The, the team goes the Vikings way. Um, Even the Bynum thing. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is so special. Yes, he should have broken up that pass or potentially picked it. But even with that working, if Alexander Madison takes that screen pass from the 19-yard line and catches it, he's probably going to score. So the Vikings had numerous chances. It's incredible, but if you think about it, it's very realistic to say that 0-3 at home, Tampa Bay, the Chargers, and now the Chiefs, you had a chance to win every one of those games, and you completely blew it. So, I mean, the Vikings are doing everything this year that they didn't do last, and people talk about luck or not luck, but I'm sorry, when you can't hang on to the football 
and you fumble it and or just drop it, TJ Hawkinson, who's being paid well, <laughs> you know, uh, th- th- this is your fault. This is your fault. And uh, it's become, I'm sure it's maddening because you look at those games and say they could have won, but the reality is they have fi- they have found a way to lose games. That's what they've uh, done. On yesterday's game specifically, Judd, why not bench Oliver after the fumble? I know you can't specifically blame him for it, but this comes literally in the same week. The head coach said, if we can't find, if players can't hold on to the ball, we'll find ones who can. And then immediately you catch the ball, run for 15 yards, fumble it, and hand the Chiefs points. I'm not saying they won or lost the game because of him, but I'm also saying you can't always be a player's coach. And that would have been the perfect moment to say, Guys, we're burning daylight here. We're up against it. We're one and three. We're playing the Super Bowl champions. We feel like we have a decent game plan. We think we have a chance to compete today. We can't turn the ball over seconds into the game. And it wasn't because the quarterback was hit and fumbled. It wasn't because of miscommunication where a receiver runs one way and the pass goes another way. It wasn't really even because of a hellacious hit. It was just not holding on to the ball. Perfect yeah. opportunity, I think, to send a message to your team. Would it have made a difference? I, I, honestly, I don't know. But at this point of the season, when you're turning the ball over at such a prolific rate on on pace to set a record for turnovers in a season, why not send a message to the second tight end on your roster? Not just him, but to the team. Well, and don't threaten it. Like Now, it, it's actually two weeks back that he threatened that. It was after the uh, Chargers game, but don't threaten it. Like if yes. you're not going to do it, is you know, and this is true in all pro sports. Don't threaten the players and then it not follow through on it because it's going to become a bigger joke then. So yeah, I I mean hell, you know, to me the prime example guy would you know, and he's a good guy, but Madison. I mean, he dropped that ball. He's fumbled. You've got running backs that are going to be. If not just as good, they bring different things. So, yeah, I, I mean, this has been – and look, you know what? O'Connell had a terrible day. I mean, his clock management was beyond atrocious. Um, everybody has, as the pundits like to say, regressed. And that includes <laughs> the head coach as well, Jesse. But one group that did not regress who actually progressed – the offensive line. I think that's where I saw frustration. Like they had their best week easily. I think Ed Ingram now has kind of helped himself, put himself in a better position. He ranked 72.5 in PFF. Christian Derrissaw, 88.5. Ezra Cleveland, 79.1. Garrett Bradbury, 82. And Brian O'Neill, 65.1. All in all, you can't blame this one on the O-line. You've got to blame it on Kirk, whose passes were a little bit too high, if you ask me for some of his receivers. Uh, and then let's go into the Hail Mary boys and girls a hail mary that was not a hail mary because he couldn't get the ball off which i have never seen in this world how do you guys rank kirk and again this isn't just to harp on kirk all the time but watching yesterday's performance it's like okay i gotta give kirk a little bit more of blame on this one all right on that play in particular i think it is partially because you ordinarily um in most cases that pass gets off I, I think this is who Kirk is because Kirk is at his very core risk adverse, right? Like he doesn't like to take risks. He doesn't like to like it's it's why the Justin Jefferson play in Buffalo, the great catch was so shocking because it's like, I can't believe he threw that pass. And it worked because it's a great receiver. But, you know, 
Fast forward then to the playoff game against the Giants, and it's fourth and eight, and he throws a three-yard check down because, oh, my God, what if I throw a pick? Um, so was the blocking perfect? I think they brought five, right, Ross? No, it, it, it wasn't perfect. But the ball just has to come out. But, of course, if the ball comes out, it might get picked. And Kirk's like, that's not the Hail Mary. You're not looking to make a play. You are. It's called a Hail Mary for a reason because you're saying a prayer. Um, And I think in Kirk's mind, Kirk is very much, you know, he does not want to purposely throw a a pick. And it might be because he's concerned about his stats. I, I think it's more his personality type. Um, he definitely has some, and I, I should know cause I do too, OCD tendencies. So like there's things Same. about, yeah. So there's things. So I totally get it. I said this after the Netflix doc, part of Kirk's problem, he's too much like me. Like, <laughs> like he sees bad where athletes and, and Jesse, you know, this, you have covered, you have covered pro athletes, the incredible thing that they have that Judd Zolgan in no way, shape, or form has is the best ones have the ability to suspend their belief. Like the wild players right now will say, we're chasing a cup. And you're like, no, you're not. What are you talking about? And and, But but then you realize as you're around them, they really are in their minds chasing the cup. And I, right, but I'm saying that's not, people don't have to, people aren't wired like that across the board. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think part part of, of with Kirk is it's not like a selfishness. I think it is, a, a, it's an aversion to, he sees the worst, which is what I see. But yeah. I would not make, if I had skill, a good pro athlete. And I think plays like that demonstrate that it's not even a criticism. It's a personality type, Roscoe. So I went back and I watched uh, the fail Mary attempt a couple times. Yeah, they brought four, basically five, but rushers four and five were kind of lazy rushers. I think they were just kind of trying to see where Cousins was going to go so they could force the issue on the pass maybe a little bit earlier than they wanted to, but he stayed in the pocket, then they got to him. To me, that was the astonishing thing. He didn't even get, wasn't even able to roll out to his left or right to let go of that pass. On your point, Judd, on the risk aversion thing, if you remember going back to his first or second year here, he has completed a Hail Mary with the Minnesota Vikings. He did it to the Lions. I think that was in, yeah, that was in either year one or year two. So yep. you just I don't care whose fault it is, whether it's Cousins fault or the offensive line's fault, play design fault, which it really shouldn't be on a Hail Mary. You, you got to get that ball out. It's your last it's your last puncher's chance at winning a game, a game that even though you tried to give it away, you did enough to stay in. Your defense gave you enough of a chance. I think we all would have said, if you give up less than 30 points, you you should be in the game and have a chance to win yeah. it. They did exactly that. Now, it would help Cam Bynum to learn a little timing and jumping. That's been an issue now. He's cost himself a few interceptions this year on jumping way too early. Don't ever put that guy in center field if he ever makes a career change. He won't rob anybody. <laughs> of a home run (laughs) overall though. I don't want to put too much on just that hail Mary, but it is just to me, just another inexplicable thing that happens. I don't have any hard data here. I didn't go back and do the check Mark in every hail Mary situation, but I got to believe more often than not, or at least at a higher rate than other teams, this happens. This is, this isn't the first time they haven't gotten a hail Mary off late in the game. Or even yeah. a throw when you need to make, even if you can't throw it 80 yards, there's been times where they've been on the 2025 
and he hasn't got the pass away on the last play of the game, which to me is just inexplicable and can't happen. And from there, you're not trying to, like, I, I think where people get confused is that's why th- that pass often looks like a punt because you're allowing the routes to develop as you throw. Correct. Like, like you're not looking for – um Perfect example, Case Keenum and Diggs. The Minneapolis miracle was exactly that because the receiver came open and mm-hmm. then the safety completely whiffed. You know, that play, that last play yesterday was designed for Kirk to heave the ball up. And so then as the routes are run and it's coming down, guys might have a chance. Like it is a, you know, incredibly low percentage. There's nothing about that ordinarily where you're going to say, oh my God, look at how the play developed. It's not a play. It's just a hope. And I don't think Kirk, I don't think Kirk processes that well. I think Kirk's looking for a receiver as opposed to a group of humans gathered in a specific area who are all going to jump. And to your point, Roscoe, perhaps somebody, a defender jumps wrong. Correct. And you just have to throw that ball to an area. You're not necessarily, maybe you're looking for the area that Justin Jefferson is in, but you're not specifically looking for him. More often than not, when these things work, we actually saw it over the weekend in college football. It's because the ball's tipped and somebody else gets it. That's kind of what you're hoping hoping to have happen. By the way, shout out to Mario Cristobal with perhaps the worst coaching you will ever see in the Miami-Georgia Tech football game. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it college football baby it's back it's good we love it uh i mean and for rec for the record we threw a hail mary pass during my powder puff football game back in like 2004 and i made the catch and it was great it was beautiful touchdown? We got to throw off touchdown yeah obviously congrats thank you tall tall Shout kid out. no we're were I you caught tall? It. I wasn't the court. No. Oh, yeah, kind of. No, but I'm, I'm saying average. like I, I caught those in I'm gra- just fast. grade school. I'm faster than everybody. Okay, because I've yeah. been this size for like ever. And so like I was the tallest kid in my class yeah. in grade school for a long time. So yeah. I could catch those. No, because unlike TJ Hawkinson, I was big enough to catch them and hold on. Clean hold catch on. Clean catch, Jesse, or did you get clean either catch. way? It's great. But did you yeah. get it on the tip or did it just kind of fall right in the uh, a little right bit on basket? the tip? Put it back in, but I held on to that bad boy. Way to go, Ahmad Rashad. Thank you. Go Zephs. The original, the original Hail Mary, as we were told multiple times yesterday. Exactly right there. Which we love one? the Hail Mary. We like the uh, <laughs> we like players catching the ball, which again I was I was capable of doing. I, Alexander Madison is not capable of doing it. I love that Jim Nance called out the Vikings and said the script continues because they keep doing this. Tony Romo calls out Madison for dropping what could, should have been a touchdown. Uh, what are we doing here, boys, about the fumbling, especially when it pertains to our backs? Cam Cam Akers, I think, would be a very viable option again at this point, as I mentioned last week. And I will continue to fight that horse that Cam Akers is a uh, better option. So hold, wait, wait, wait. J- just to clear up uh, s- something Ross said, what is the original Hail Mary? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure which Hail Mary they were it's referencing. I, it's 1975 I, at the Met. It's the, it's the push-off. Mm-hmm. I'm almost, that's the original. I'm almost positive that's the one they referenced, but then they that's also the mentioned Ahmad Rashad. So I think that's they the were miracle putting, at the Met. They were either putting a couple together or they were referencing yeah. a couple. Roger Staubach. They were referencing one, but then they were mentioning the other. It was Jed's like, was, we need to talk about this. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. It was, wait, also, wait. <laughs> it was not a great day yesterday for Tony Romo, who at one point told <sighs> us lost the guy, his fastball. The, yeah. At one point, Tony Romo told us. The guy's a football player, and usually in a football game, you play football. 
Thanks, yeah, Tony. Thank yeah, you, Tony. He's, he's lost his uh, fastball. So, and, but, but quickly, the original Hail Mary is the, um, is the Drew Pearson push-off push on yep. right. And it's because post-game, Roger Staubach was asked about the play, and he said, I threw a Hail Mary pass. And that's where it came from. Yeah, and if I remember correctly yesterday, and I can be lesson. remembering it wrong, I believe that's where it started, and then it finished with Ahmad Rashad, which right away I knew were two different things. So I could be misremembering from yesterday, mm. but great history lesson, Professor Zolgad. Sports dead. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. Podcast.com. Uh the Madison thing, like it's just it's it that that drop is maddening. And it, you know, that play is for a team that does not run good screens, and Cousins was actually it was a really nice throw because he's being hit and he dumps the, the ball off and Madison starts to run before he c- catches the mm-hmm. ball. But I mean that to me. That was the play where because I think he scores a touchdown, and if I'm not mistaken, it's tied at that point. Yeah. So that to me was the play. Like that was, you know, you only get X amount of opportunities that are like that great, that crystal clear of, oh my God, this guy could, you know, and that looked like it was blocked up perfectly. The the offensive line was, you know, in perfect position to block it up, but they weren't illegally uh, downfield at that point. So yeah, I think if there's one play and, you know, Jess, I don't know what the infatuation at this point in time is with uh, Madison, other than what we keep talking about, which they must trust him more as a blocker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Cam Akers has more moves, I think. He's got more speed. Um, I would be very, you know, if if O'Connell, but to, to uh, Ross's point, if O'Connell's going to hold guys responsible, hate to say it, this is an easy one. Yeah, Start Cam also- Akers. Also, John Jesse, they're not paying him a lot of money. It's not like he's making $10 million a year. They owe him very little money comparatively, even for running backs, over the next few years. They could cut him at the end of the year if they wanted to, and I don't think most Vikings fans would be storming storming the streets in outrage. So <laughs> at, this, at this point, honestly, I'm getting to the point in the season, even if they don't trust him, Judd, per previous conversations, you probably want to start seeing the Ty Chandlers of the world. Just some of the younger guys who may be on the roster next him, year, Ross. because because at one, him. I know, but at one at one and four, this season's pretty much cooked. So mm-hmm. you might as well start seeing some younger guys, if not guys up from the practice squad, but just younger guys on the roster who don't have a ton of experience. And again, I'm not saying at this point to tank games. You're still technically alive. I'm to this point in the season. We talked about this last week. If you win a game, great. If you lose the game even better. I was going to say that leads me to my final question before we get into some comments from YouTube. Uh, that oh, well done. Didn't... Thank you. Thank big, you very much. Big voice, big voice, <laughs> Jesse. Well done. Uh, against the Bears. Do you want to win or do you want to lot? I like what, what's the, what's the facet? What's the attitude heading in? Because yes, I know people are going to get very upset in our comments on YouTube about, oh, they're coming. Oh, you don't want them. You don't want them to lose. Like, but Ross, I think you nailed it. If they lose, whatever. I just, I don't, feel the need to try. I don't want JJ to get any more hurt or it's some, you know, career ending injury. Like 
I don't care. I don't care anymore. And we never even got into that. But who knows no. at this point, Judd, he's he might playing. know better than I. What if he's, he's even going to play? play? And I wouldn't yeah. think that gonna, he would. Right. He's not going to, to play. And it, as I explained on uh, Purple Daily today to Phil and, and Declan, the Lord has presented you with an opportunity to lose. So you should take it. Um, <laughs> why, why would you bring a guy back from a hamstring? And, and also... I know he wants to play, but explain to him, and he knows this. You don't have your contract yet, dude. Correct. Like, <laughs> like if you come out, if you come out here in the next couple of weeks and open it up and it blows, you're hurting yourself more. So, um, I, I hold field, him, cold weather. Well, I'm holding him out at least three games, which will take you up to the trade deadline and the end of October, and that's at least three, if not more. But it goes Chicago. I ain't playing him. Well, one, it's too quick, but I ain't playing him. To your point in Soldier Field, which is terrible turf. Um, here against San Francisco, which kicks the snot out of players. Why would you play him here on this turf where he just got hurt? And then Green Bay, where, you know, it's going to be October 29th. Um, teams don't tank, but the Lord blesses you at times with the opportunity to watch your team lose. And that's what the Vikings have here. Any uh, Any attempt to rush him back in any sort is malpractice. And you know what? If he can't play, all of a sudden, yeah, I think you could lose all three games. This feels like yeah. a very religious sermon today with the Hail Marys <laughs> well, and the blessings. Like I just people I like say it. tanking, and it's such an ugly, vile word. Like the first thing is, oh, you're not gonna purposely lose tanking. Nobody tanks on purpose. And I, you know, I agree, coaches and players don't. But opportunities exist. If you want want to go the um atheist way here. This is an opportunity for defeat. <laughs> Take it. Don't, yeah. and, I mean, you can't play this kid. He shouldn't play. Uh, there's just no there's no compelling case for him to play for probably a month at least. I got nothing to add here, Jesse. As long as you're in the mix, if you want to win football games, great. At one and four, they're not eliminated from anything. If you want to win, cool. But great. Great if you lose. I, I have, in all honesty, I, I don't, you can call me a bad fan if you want to. I kind of hope they lose every game that they play. Would be nice to beat Green Bay at least one time, but mm -hmm. let's stack up as many losses as possible and get as high in that top 10 as you possibly can because the day's coming and it's likely this upcoming draft where whether you agree with it or not, the Vikings are going to take a quarterback and with each passing week, it's looking more and more like it's going to be this upcoming season. Who that quarterback will be, Time will tell, but it definitely feels like it's going to be this upcoming offseason. And by the way, again, we've talked about this numerous times on Purple Daily on this network. That's not necessarily an indictment on Kirk Cousins. It's more of just an indictment on where the franchise currently is and what they're facing in the next couple of years to come. So, right yeah, right now they're drafting fourth. Drake May. I'm Penix. just saying it. I'm saying if you could move up a little bit, if you could move up a little bit, and you know, if you get to the deadline, if you do lose, uh, if you're fortunate enough to lose these next three at the deadline, fortunate enough to lose. I'm not these saying next three. <laughs> and and look, this team doesn't want to tank, so I don't think that they're going to to help. But Jefferson's absence does help. Um, if you get to the deadline, I think your chip to trade, Daniel Hunter. Daniel. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, you know, Kirk, I mean, yes, teams need QBs, but that's a huge ask. One, he's got to waive his no trade. Two, quarterbacks have to learn a system. Yep. That's hard. Board. Daniil, you know what you do? You trade him. He lines up at the edge for 
his new team, the Jaguars, and he rushes well, the quarterback. And I would say that about any piece, Judd, that you have, even if it's only netting you a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick, you do it because if you're going to have to give up assets to move up even higher into the first round, you might be throwing extra picks in there. Heck, if you give up a lot of picks, you're going to want fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks to backfill your roster and hopefully uh, cash some of those lottery tickets, unlike what's been done in the last few years under under Quasi in the draft. I mean, the biggest problem, guys, we're getting trolled by Lions fans. There's maybe no hope. <laughs> Let's dive into some of those comments from YouTube just to, to hear a little bit there. You wanted them and you got them. Comments from YouTube. Let's save that Lions one for the walk-off. Let's start here. Uh, this one was specifically for me, but I'm going to throw it to you guys, and it's fairly open-ended. This is from Chucky IX. I'm a Lakeville grad, or 1X, IX. Is that 10? What is that? I have no idea. I don't I'm bad with those. IX, it's 9, right? Is that 9? Okay, I don't know. Roman X is 10. At all. Okay. Thank you, V is John. 5. Ross, were oh. we what our record said we were last year? Don't give up hope. If we go from two and five to 12 and five, are we what our record says then? I think that's a play on my Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. Mm -hmm. So my question, Judd and Jesse, is hope a strategy? Hope is all any Minnesota sports fans ever have, which is a sad strategy that I have abandoned years ago for my own sanity. Uh, I mean, no, it's fun. You don't want to, like you said, we don't want to say you're tanking. You don't want to do that. You don't want to lose hope because... Good things can happen, but sometimes it's okay to give up on hope. I think, and you go back to last year, if you want to talk about last year's record, and you know we discussed this on Before I Die last year, that record I don't think was indicative of who the Vikings were either. Again, so much luck played into that, and it's a lot of that same stuff that you're not getting this year. So, yes, I think you can lose hope. You don't. You can look at the record and say this is who they are. Right now, the Vikings, as it sits, one and three, this is who they are, right? Like, they are this team that's not good, and that's okay. We can abandon hope. I'll throw you a life raft. Come over on Glum Island. It's all fine over here. But you know what? W with uh, Justin g going out, I think now that you pivot, the hope has lost us. Mm. Yeah. Hope we haven't lost the hope. It's lost us. I like that take. Hope can be yeah. whatever you want it to be. Hope is losses. I hope they like, like when your best player, when one of the most, if not the most, but certainly one of the most dynamic players in the entire league is lost. Uh, for probably a few weeks, I think the hope shifts. I think now you say, what can the draft pick be? Like, what can that be? Um, but but you know what's funny? So in my opinion, football's weird, though, because it's played with an oblong ball. And we all talk about like luck and fortune and bounces. But that's what the sport is built on. And the reality is a year ago, yes, the Vikings got fortune. But their quarterback also led eight fourth quarter comebacks, which tied a record. And it's not sustainable, but it's damn impressive. And this year, they can't hang on to the football. If they could, they probably have three more wins. So, so like, I, I disagree with those who are like, well, that's luck, that's fortune. No, a year ago, you did some really good things and you got some breaks. And this year, yes, you haven't gotten as many breaks. But if you just don't fumble the damn football or throw picks... Like, that's not luck. That is, you're screwing up. You're actively screwing up. And that's where I think O'Connell has to take, just as he got credit in the 13-win season, I think he has to take responsibility. Right now, this has not been a disciplined or well-coached team. It just hasn't been. And That's not and luck. And also, some of those guys who were brilliant for you last year and didn't turn over the ball, like Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, they have had crippling fumbles this year. Justin Jefferson may have had the most crippling fumble 
of the season so far. Okay, Jesse alluded to being trolled by Lions fans, and I just realized I have a really bad typo here, so allow me one second to fix it. All right, now we're good to go. That's called editing on the fly, kids. Oh, I you want learn, to see it. You learn that and you learn that in broadcasting. Through professional. This is from David Burke 2453. This is uh early last week. As a fan of the Lions, I was happy to see the Vikings get a win. I was worried they might tank and get a franchise quarterback. Hopefully they keep limping along and end up with six to eight wins. Question for Judd and Jesse. Is this what the season has become? Getting semi-trolled by Lions fans in the Before I Die comment section on YouTube? The Lions are now so relevant, they're trolling other teams' fan bases. I love this. Bring it on. You deserve it. I really don't want you to beat the Vikings to winning a Super Bowl or getting there. Uh, but if you do, hats off. Bravo to you. I appreciate the troll job. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I'm Team Lions. I know Judd's been very little anti. I, oh, like, I'm coming go. around now. <laughs> you I, have to. How could you not? But I would tell that gentlemen, tread lightly. Like, <laughs> don't get... Um, until you have a lot more success... Um, enjoy your success, but be humble. But it also, is funny. Also, Jared Goff's not going to be there forever, right? <laughs> so, I mean, they'll be looking for a quarterback at some point down the road. Heck, they already kind of were. The moment they got Jared Goff, yeah. they were already trying to perhaps move on from him. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where that goes. How about Jesse, two good years, too? Two you, good years. Oh, you put together two good years and then troll me. He, he's been fantastic this year, Jared Goff, by the way. No, so I'm Jesse, saying the the guy that wrote oh, the email. Got it. The, okay, yeah. the Lions fan. And you're good with this, Jesse? Yeah. You love it? I, well, I love troll jobs chirping the works constantly. Give it to me all the time. Even especially when your team probably doesn't, you don't have the cojones to be saying that just yet because I think Judd's right. You're This is all new to you, but you know what? Have your fun. That's fine. It's cute. It's adorable. We love it. Uh, I'm here for it. It's so adorable. So condescending. That was yes. awesome. It's cute. It's adorable. Some would say the same thing about the three people on this show. Uh, cute and adorable. Yeah. We would no. call them blind. <laughs> not about me or you, Ross. Not about me or, or Judd. Correct. Mm-hmm. Jesse could qualify, not us. Yeah, we try once in a Is while. Is it that time, Jesse? It's that time. Let's hit it, Roscoe. Time now for the Before I Die crew to give us their <clears throat> Before I Die. All right, boys, who wants to kick us off this week? I'll let you select who's got a good one that they're just itching and aching to share uh, Before I Die with. I'll go first and I'll make mine quick. I was driving around on Saturday night listening to the mighty 1500 ESPN here in the Twin Cities, and they were replaying the Adam Schefter podcast in which he was interviewing our guy from the Red Zone. Why am I blanking on his name? Scott Hanson. Hansen. Scott Hansen. Marvelous. He, he talked about, I assumed at some point they worked with the tape so he could run down the hall for 90 seconds and go to the bathroom. He doesn't go to the bathroom. He does not go to the bathroom for no. like six and a half hours. You didn't know this? No, and he talked about how he makes it happen. Have yeah, you heard he does, this? He drinks a ton on Saturday and then stops at like 3 o'clock drinking. I, I, he drinks a, a lot, I think, of water on Saturday to like 3 or 4. Then he stops cold. Tur- He's got a whole schedule. Yes. So he pees he, a no. lot at one point, but then he's done. Yes, and he eats breakfast every Sunday, as he said, not at 614, not at 616, right at 615. 
and half the breakfast is really good. Half of it are things like green olives and some type of muffin that helps him retain water. So I thought about this. Okay. Master. Um, Unbelievable. I'm diabetic. I drink a ton of water. I drink a ton of coffee. I drink a ton of Diet Coke. I'm constantly drinking things. The most I go without drinking something is probably this 30-minute podcast. Okay? So here's my before I die. Before I die, while I am awake, I'm going to try to go six and a half hours without going to the restroom. And I'll report back to you guys how uncomfortable that is. Okay. I feel I I don't want to get too deep into people's personal lives. But I feel like we all go to the bathroom plenty of times in a six or seven hour stretch when we're up. I'm a yeah, mom. That's it's not something that I can do anymore. That's just say like biologically, women after having children, yes. you can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think I go like two hours at the most without heading to the uh, boys' room. Yeah, Roscoe, do this before you you get old too, because I can tell you at fifty three, you ain't going <laughs> six hours. And Scott Hansen will have to relinquish the role if he thinks he's going to keep this up into his fifties. Let's go live on Before I Die one day, where we all just try. The show ends when the last person leaves to go to the restroom. No, no thanks. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to do that. To myself. I'm up. So before I die, I'm going to try and be Scott Hansen for right. a day and see how long I can take it. Judd? Before I die, I would love to see, and it shouldn't be rare, but it is, I would love to see more weekends like we just had had here. And, mm. and if nothing else, especially for downtown. Yeah, uh, downtown, which needs foot traffic, you know, desperately got a ton of it because um, Gopher football was playing obviously on campus, but that's still close. Uh, the Chiefs and their uh, huge, huge legion of fans were in town on Saturday. The Twins had the uh, watch party for game one at Target Field against the Astros with the game in Houston. It was just good and, to see downtown believe, thriving. Chad, not to cut you off, I know it's St. Paul, but I believe we're the loons at home too. I believe mm-hmm. they may have been. So that's and I, the Wild had a preseason game, boys. Just in case you didn't know. Yeah, and you were there. Home. I couldn't go to that game, but yeah. anyway, it was it's great. It was great to see downtown and and really the city as a whole because of sports uh, buzzing. Before I die, I would love to see more weekends like that. I like that. I, I like mean, that. I, w- preferably with more of the winning aspect of things, I think would be nice, right? If we're going to have. Well, the golfers are going to get their I, drawers blown off by Michigan. You know, okay. Um, just thought. Quick derail people talking about how bad the weekend was. I for Minnesota sports, and I get it; it was. But you could make you could make you can make the case though. The only game you realistically felt like a Minnesota team had a good chance to win was Sunday night's Minnesota Twins game. I wouldn't have yeah. taken the Twins to beat Verlander. I certainly wouldn't have taken PJ to beat Jim Harbaugh. And I I think the Vikings did about as good as and they could. I think could. the Loons won. Chiefs. I, yeah, the Loons I, won. I think the Loons with our new gaffer won. Yeah, gaffer. Look at you and your hockey talk. Or excuse no, me, soccer talk. Soccer talk, gaffer. Soccer. <laughs> did you guys watch piece. the Beckham show? God, that was good. I highly recommend no, it. It's on Netflix. It's not. Four-part series. Very good. Very, very good. Take us home, Jesse Pierce. Uh, before I die, <laughs> cut me off. Ross, you're cutting I'm us off. I'm done with David Beckham. Uh-huh. He's Just got everything I have not. Uh, yeah. He's he a good looking better guy. With age, let's, man. Good let's, Lord. Not, let's not put him down. Okay? Like a fine uh, line. Before I die, I will stop ignoring the fact that people do hear things I say or people do see me. For instance, today at the golf course, I discovered there is a Minnesota sports coach that has actually seen Instagram posts of mine or has heard things that I've said. And I need to stop pretending that that is no longer a thing. So before I die, I will admit 
that maybe people listen and watch and look at things that I do because I can't seem to admit that to myself. I literally, if I come on this show or if I'm on it, nobody listens. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody sees me. I'm invisible. The magic man over here. One day I'll come to terms with that. You know what that means, Jesse? Looks like you made it. No, no, that's not go there. I just need to stop being <laughs> like, maybe, well, you know. I think in your world, I think the amount of professional hockey people that are aware of stuff is is the odd one because Mm -hmm. like football, I can tell you, I don't think the players have no idea. They don't care unless you're on ESPN. If you're on nationally, it's different. Yeah. But like, I think the players in football and coaches to a certain point have no clue. Um, Basketball, I don't know. I'm guessing the players have no clue. Baseball, I don't think they really care at all. So hockey is the one where I think there's an acute awareness of what you're saying, which is probably good and bad. It's been an off season of revelation. I'm like, oh, you heard that, did you? My bad. Or they'll be like, yeah, I did. Such your bad. Just say yeah. You know what? Here, you say. Tighten it up. I can't. I told him. Go I said, Aaron I Boone be a on him. Say, tighten, say <laughs> tighten it up. I, well, I did say that once upon a time to one player. I said, just be better. And I don't have to say those things. And like, that's well, a simple, realistic line combination. <laughs> Start to give your line combinations and look directly into the camera and talk. Hey, right to that I coach. would have for sure put Alex Goligoski as my top pair to replace a Jared Spurgeon. Who wouldn't? Wow. More talk like that on Judd's Hockey he'll, Show. He'll hear about Jesse this. Pierce joins. Dean, that was yeah. Jesse, not was, me. I think Judd. it's a great <laughs> idea to put a 47-year-old on, on defense. Such a good idea. 47, my 47. gosh. David Beckham's 47, in case we want to know that. Uh, so that's going to do it. For this. Is this about a soccer player or your crush? Just both. I love uh-huh. I was Yeah, all of the above. Recommend it. Go watch it. Uh, that's going to do it. Go watch the rest of our Purple Daily content as well before or after you watch Beckham on Netflix. Your choice, whatever. Uh, always talking Minnesota Vikings. Good, bad, ugly, everything in between. Not to mention all of our Score North content. Minnesota Twins, they're looking good. They're having fun. Hockey starting back up, so you got plenty of content to keep you busy. Uh, as always, on behalf of Ross, Judd, and myself, Jesse Pierce, this is Before I Die. Comment, share, rate, subscribe, all the good stuff, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Thanks to Judd for pointing out how busy it was this past weekend in Hennepin County.